Hello, and welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Esther Hatch, and I'm here today with Tracy Hunter Abramson, Sarah M. Eden, and Sean and Bessie. And I'm very excited about our topic today, even though it's probably one of my most intimidating. <laughs> There's just something <laughs> tricky about this one, but we are talking about humor in writing. So um, first of all, <laughs> let's just talk about humor in general. How important that is humor to have in a book? Um, what do you guys think about that? Well, personally, humor is all over my books, in large part because I like reading books that make me laugh. Now, it doesn't have to be a nonstop, rollicking, hilarious time from beginning to end, but I like for there to be funny, humorous moments throughout. It makes every book, I think, just that much more fun, which I appreciate. Yeah, I agree. I, I love humor, too. And I think that there's a warmth that comes through with humor and I think that readers can connect with characters better if there's humor, especially if the character doesn't take himself or herself too seriously. And then it's a great way, if you have any level of suspense in your writing, it's a great way um, to ease that tension with some comic relief. Disney does it perfectly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it really is so true because it's like we want to connect to the the character, but especially if you're in suspense, sometimes it's more plot driven. And so those little humor moments can be so critical. But I have to say for me, it just kind of happens. I think if I tried to write something funny, I would completely fail. It only <laughs> works if I just it just happens. The characters dictate everything. Yeah, I think that's why I feel like this topic is so intimidating to me because I've gone to classes, I've done this and that, and, and I feel like it's always overwhelming is like, how do you teach humor, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> or learn humor? Um, but do you think humor is something you can learn? Or do people just have to come by it naturally? What do you guys think? I think that, as with most things, it can be learned, but it's definitely easier to write what you know. And so I think in general, an author's natural sense of humor will come through in their writing. You can attempt writing a different kind of humor than your own, you know, if dry humor, sarcastic humor, slapstick humor, but it will be harder because like Tracy said, you're having, you're having to create it. You're having to think it through rather than it just being something that naturally comes through. Yeah. And, and so much is timing. I mean, paying attention to that natural cadence of what people say that can really make, you know, help you translate that humor onto the page. Because a lot of times when I'm writing something, it's like, I mean, in my family, everyone's like, somebody will say something like, really, really, did you just say that to me? And it, there's always just some like, off the cuff type of thing. And it's like, that happens all the time in my books of like, did you really just send a Navy SEAL the same guy up a tree again? Like, you know, and then everyone's laughing because they're like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. Or maybe somebody else ended up in a tree and it's funny because it's somebody else. So I think it's, again, it's that cadence and the natural flow is what we have to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually taught classes on writing humor and I always warn attendees when the class first starts, we come to these classes thinking, oh, this is going to be the funniest class ever. But classes on humor are seldom funny because <laughs> there are a few things less funny than a joke you're explaining, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's when it, it loses it. 
So I do 100% think you can be taught to do it better, to write humor better, because like any other type of writing, there are some skills to it. There is some understanding of, like you said, cadence or understanding of interactions. Um, I think you can be taught to do it better. There are principles that underlie it. I've taught classes on the psychology of fiction. One of them touches a lot on humor because the types of humor that appeal to people are different depending on where they are in their psychological development. So it changes if you're writing middle grade or picture book or YA or adult. So yes, you can. It's not very funny <laughs> to learn how to write it. Um, but kind of like Sean was saying, I, I think the biggest thing is figuring out what you kind of naturally gravitate to and then practicing writing that. Because if you have a natural skill set or a natural feel for that type of humor, chances are that's where you're going to shine. And that's a great place to kind of focus your efforts. All right. I need to go to more humor writing classes by Sarah. I can already, I already <laughs> can see it. I have gone to a couple and I do feel like you said, um, I think there's things that in your second pass, you can try and let's deepen the humor of this scene. Or there's sometimes when I'm writing a book and it's like, I know I need a humorous scene. And that's kind of the worst. Like, Cause like Tracy said, usually it just comes in at naturally and you put it in there. But when you're like, this scene has to be funny. It's like the hardest thing in the world. And that's what I have to like go back to the classes I've taken and be like, let's go over like the basics of humor and how I can take, I usually know exactly like a, something about what needs to happen there, but how can I make that happen in a humorous way? Um, so what are in, in your classes you've taken or taught, do you have, can you give us a snippet of a trick or a, or a, a method that you use to take those scenes, either make them more funny or to come up with making them funny from the get-go? One thing I always say is don't force it. There are a few things that are, aside from maybe classes on humor, there is nothing <laughs> as unfunny <laughs> as someone who is trying to be funny. And I think ah. that's true for characters too. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're just destroying Esther here. I, I just said I have these scenes where I'm like, it has to be funny. <laughs> Having said that, that's not actually what I mean, like if you have a character suddenly tell a, you know, uh, rim shot joke in the middle of, of a scene, if they aren't someone okay. who is throwing out one liners or yeah. um, maybe you're generally very good at writing funny situations, but because you want a scene to be funny, you force a funny situation as opposed to this makes sense in this moment. So yeah. even though humor is often surprising, it's often a little bit slapstick. It's often a little bit ridiculous you still have to make sure it makes sense in the context of the story and the character. So that's what I mean by forcing it. Yeah, I think no, you're that's... absolutely right that the, the shape of our story sometimes needs that lighter scene or that funny moment. Absolutely, those need to be put in. Figure out what makes sense for your characters and their situation and then write what's yeah. funny in that context as opposed to forcing some totally different context on them in order to create yeah. humor. And, and you can see when people try to do that and you're like, well, yeah. I'm not laughing because you're trying to make, you know, you're trying too hard at this yeah. juncture in a way that doesn't quite make sense to the story. Right. So yeah. Right. Okay. I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify. So Esther doesn't have an esoteric <laughs> So, and I think all of us have like that pretty universal sense of humor and so I think embracing that and letting our real life moments breathe onto the, you know, that life onto the page can really add that depth to our characters and give us, you know, give, give the readers that kind of that fun moment to share. But one thing that I keep thinking back on is 
I remember several years ago, I, I, mean, I live on the East Coast in Virginia, and I went home to Arizona, and this is January, so, you know, it's not hot, it's not 100 degrees out or anything, and my sister and I had gone to get frozen yogurt for my mom, and so we go, and we all got our frozen yogurt, and we were taking it back to the house, and the, the, the guy was like, do you need ice with that? I'm like, why would you need ice with frozen yogurt? And my sister, without even missing a beat, is like, no, we're fine. And we walked in. I'm like, why do you need ice with frozen yogurt? And I, I grew up in Arizona. And Sarah's laughing at me right now because she's like, because <laughs> I yeah, know because, the answer. <laughs> because in, in Arizona, you have to pack in ice so that it doesn't melt before you get to your car, much less, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's putting that context on the page so that what I found hysterical, my sister's like, why are you laughing? This is not my <laughs> normal life. And so sometimes, you know, in our characters, we'll have somebody who's like a little out of place. And we can use those moments in so many ways to make that, that out of place character find humor where other people don't even understand. So yeah. anyway. I love that. I love that. I am such a like, when I go to a class or something, um, I really like hard rules and there's not very many with humor, but I do have two <laughs> that I'm going to share um, because when I heard these, I was like, aha, it's a rule that I can follow that <laughs> makes it easier to write humor. So, and sometimes I worry about sharing these to readers because now I'm like, oh, they're not going to find it funny anymore. <laughs> but for people who are listening to this, hoping to write more humor, um, one of the first I learned was something called the rule of three, which is pretty basic. Like whenever you're making a list of something and you want it to be funny, you list two logical, great conclusions. And then a third that's just completely out there, wackadoodle. And, and then that usually adds some humor, or sometimes I make it the rule of four, depending on if I need one more thing in there. Uh, the other thing as a writer that really has made a difference for me is um, internal thoughts. So versus dialogue. So a lot of times I love to have a character thinking one thing, and then saying something else. And that can sometimes lead to some very funny moments. So those are my two little tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. I don't know those. I'm totally taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I think if I was to add something to everyone else's suggestions, it, it would be to employ, uh, to employ funny side characters in our books. Um, children, animals, um, a best friend, the eccentric older person. You can do so much that is funny with a side character. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, if you need examples of this, Disney has it down to an art form. You know, the sidekicks for so many of the Disney main characters are the ones that we all love. I mean, who doesn't love Olaf? You know, most people love Olaf better than Anna and Elsa. Um, and it's because he's the funny side sidekick. Um, and, and I just think that even if our main characters have a more serious role, we can bring humor into our writing through those side characters. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I love I love hearing all these ideas. And, and it's kind of funny because I kind of nod and I'm like, oh, yeah. That is how you do it. All of you brought up <laughs> such great, great points. And I do end up with more animals than I'm expecting in my book. And they're always 
for comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is this getting to be a thing? Like, because I didn't know. Prince, like, Esther has a strange thing. relationship with animals. <laughs> I know, I kind of do. And it wasn't until like the third or fourth book that I was like, here's another funny animal scene. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. So it's funny that you said that one, Sean. Um, so I'm curious, like, if you guys have a favorite scene that you have written or read recently that just like sticks out in your mind as just something that was just, you know, took you by surprise or just was so funny that you're proud of it if it's something you wrote. <laughs> we should talk more about what we're proud of writing. Huh? <laughs> yes, yes. It's an okay thing to do. Oh my gosh. Well, one that comes to my mind, there's a scene in my book for Love or Honor. It's in my John Quill Brothers series. And one of the brothers is going through something absolutely horrendous and difficult and heavy. And so his brothers... Um, reenact a game essentially that they had employed as children where they would do their own version of the ceremony in which parliament is called to uh, hear from the the monarch and and all the brothers would gather in the boathouse so like the most unsophisticated place you can imagine and then they would call it um, the parliament being in session and they'd have these discussions and it was always ridiculous and it was always unbelievable and they would do it as kids but they call all the brothers together for this as adults so they're doing something childish something they've enjoyed in the past but as adults and it is ridiculous and it's funny but it's a moment that the humor is being used not just to provide comic relief to the readers but it's meant to provide emotional um safety to this brother who needs to be able to talk about this really difficult thing that he's experiencing so I think one of the reasons I love the humor in that moment is because it's accomplishing something really, really important. And so you end up with humor that's not only funny, but uh, crucial. And so I kind of love that it does double duty in that scene. Yeah. So that's one of my favorites. Well, and I'll say, because I know a little bit about your writing, Sarah, I've read a lot of your books. <laughs> I think also you're so good at characterization. And so in those type of scenes, you're giving each of your characters like a chance to do their humor, to do what they like their own yes. little clip of it. And I feel like that like, I'm not surprised you picked that scene because you're like, that is such a talent of yours to be like, this is what this character would say. Would that's say. funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is what this character would say. And and the people who know and love your characters, like, they love it, you know? So it feels mm -hmm. natural. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah it feels helpful. natural. And it's like, uh, like a, yeah. everybody's laughing because they know that person so well. And of course he would say that. So, yeah. Right. Um, in my manuscripts, like, um, my favorite thing is to be reading it for like a second time. Like maybe I've written something a month ago and somebody says something that makes me laugh. It's like my most proud moments as an author. Yes. So it's those one-liner surprises probably in my own writing that I'm the most proud of. And I can think of one specifically um, that just, I couldn't remember writing it. And so when, when it came out, I was like, just, giggling I'm like I'm funny <laughs> <laughs> look at me <laughs> so, I love that but I was thinking about other books that I've read recently and I recently read a Sophie Kinsella one where um it's a ghost story actually it's kind of out of her realm of uh what she usually writes and her ancestor comes back to haunt her and she would died at 105 and at the funeral this ghost shows up to the one character only and she doesn't want to get cremated because she has to find this necklace or something the ghost 
And so, so she's freaking out as they're about to pull her back to cremate her body. And she's like, you have to stop it to this um, great niece or whatever. Great is, I think it's a great niece. And, um, and she's like, how do I stop a cremation? She's like, tell them I was murdered. <laughs> so, so she's in later, she's in the police station trying to explain why she knows her great aunt who was 105 years old died of murder. <laughs> she's saying, well, people don't just die. <laughs> like, like there's no explanation for it. And I just think like the, this, this like juxtaposition of something so ridiculous of someone who had lived longer than anyone else that anyone knew. And then this niece saying like, but she just died out of nowhere. <laughs> of course it was murder. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, and I think about like the brilliance of that. I'm like, Oh my goodness. How do you come up with something so funny? I love it. So, yeah. Oh, well, I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to follow that, but, <laughs> but, um, I have a couple, a couple of things that, a couple of characters that I'm really fond of in my own writing. I think Aunt Millward is one of my favorites in The Georgian Gentleman. And uh, there have been multiple times when she has come to the rescue. And she she's an older lady who has title and so can get away with things that younger people and those who are untitled can't. And she has no constraints. Having said that, she she's kind and does it out of the goodness of her heart. But her quote unquote rescuing of other characters has made me laugh more than once. And um, and then I have a book that will release um, later in 2024. Um, it's a new Viking book. And the best friend in that one makes me laugh. And going back to what Sarah said, I think that it's because it's a way of manifesting his loyalty. Um, the humor comes through and you don't say those kinds of things unless you are a true friend. And, and so you see that underlying um, relationship through the humor, which, which I love. And so I, had, I was gonna mention Jay up the tree, but since I already did mention that, <laughs> one, one thing that I was thinking about, I, I had a, it was based on a real situation where I was in Palm Springs and I got a smoothie and I'm like, I think I, I maybe took one sip and I set it down on the edge of the counter and it falls. And those things can, oh my gosh, it, the mess is enormous. And of course there was nobody right behind me until that happened. And then there's like a crowd. So I put that in a book and I cannot for the life of me figure out which book it was. So if anyone wants to put in the comments, <laughs> I, wrote it, I really appreciate knowing cause I'm not sure. Um, but then I was also thinking like my Saint Squad, because they play with, there's so much banter about food. But one of my favorite scenes is one of the wives, like she's, I think it was in um, Drop Zone. The new girlfriend is in the kitchen and, and the, the host, the hostess is like taking brownies and putting them, hiding them in a drawer. And she's like, you already have a brownie. Why are you hiding those? And she's like, oh, you haven't met Quinn. Like they'll be gone. Like they will all be gone in like two minutes if as soon as he walks in. And then there's another place where like, you know, same character is trying to figure out from his nephew, like, hey, where's where the cookie's hidden? And he's like going around looking for it. And it's just, I can see that it happens in my house all the time where we're hiding food because yeah. the kids will get into it. So I think it's just that the the humor of everyday life 
you know, it, that's just really what, what we're relating to is that our characters are in many ways, they may be in extraordinary circumstances, but then that humor is bringing them back onto the level that we're all on. So yeah. anyway, those were my moments that I came to mind. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing about all these stories. Humor is such an important thing for me as I read, that it's also become something very important to me as I write. And I think I can feel that from all of you. Um, I'm curious for those listening at home, do you enjoy humor in your books? I Do you feel like that's something every book needs or is it fine for a book to really not have it if it has a different goal in mind? Um, so let us know in the comments. Actually, today I am going to give away a copy of the Earl's Hideaway, No Ladies Allowed, an audiobook code, so you can listen to it, um, to one of our subscribers that makes a comment on this video on YouTube. So if you haven't listened to us on YouTube, you can pop over there, subscribe, put a comment in, and we will pick a winner to send that code to. So thank you, everyone, for being here, and we hope you join us next time on Between the Lines.